listening to the finally coming out podcast where we say it is better late than never that's right so it's episode one yeah it is this is the we did the trailer which if you listen to you got a sneak peek of what we're going to be talking about on the show but today we're doing it a little backwards we're going to be talking about our story and how we met and then in the next episode you're going to hear Melody's story and then mine Mm -hmm. so we dive a little deeper into our upbringing what it was like when we came out what that looked like but I think we should start off with online dating because I don't know about you but I was when I had first entertained the idea of okay I really need to look into the sexuality thing I a friend of mine actually said, well, how are you going to meet women? Like, you can't just go and guess, right? Because you don't want to do that. But let's talk about your experience on online dating first. Like, what was that like for you? Okay, so I came out like a year and a half ago. And when I came out, I like in my early 40s, I was like, I am not wasting time. I didn't do this for no reason. So I immediately went to online dating. And there are several apps I don't know, can we say the name of the apps here? I think we can. Okay, so there's like Her, there's, oh, now I'm going to even forget the other ones. Okay, well, Her is the great one, but there's like <laughs> Facebook. There's also a Believer one for Christians within the LGBTQIAS+, whatever it is, community, and which was very important to me to be able to find somebody that had a similar faith. So I went to like all the apps, basically, and just copy pasted my profile on all of the apps and started scrolling. And immediately two things happened. I was really just terrified because I was so new to coming out that I didn't want to say or do something wrong. And intimacy is not something that I was very familiar with at all. So that was terrifying. But also, I found, especially on the apps that are geared towards the, we'll call it the pride community, that's easier for me to say, is that there are so many different terms people use for what they identify as and who they are attracted to. So I found myself continuously having to go to Google to look up terms, Mm -hmm. to figure out what they were saying so that then if I could know, if I could like swipe right on them. So that was the first bit, just trying to understand. And I still don't totally because I think that probably every day there is a new term or a term has changed or a term is offensive or that it's a totally a learning curve the entire experience I think but I did meet a couple of people that I went on dates with one person I dated for a little bit longer but yeah I think that I just kind of jumped right in because I was done not jumping Mm -hmm. and I think you have to and I have done the online dating before about a year after I got sober 
I they you had know, online dating back then. Th- they did. I know it was just over ten years ago, but I had been married for nine years, <sighs> and yes, to a man. <sighs> and I, in my early recovery, I was told to stay single because really at that time I had been numbing for so long in my life that my sponsor at the time was like, focus on yourself, learn to love yourself. So a year in, I started online dating because that's when it really, I mean, it was already there, but it was a very interesting experience. I'm not a big dater. I didn't enjoy that. I mean, I love meeting people, but I really enjoyed meeting people a little bit more naturally. And you find very interesting people. Let's just say that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And the amount of people that like would like just all of a sudden like like you haven't talked to them yet at all and they send you a nude and it's like yeah. I, I didn't ask for that. Yeah, and you can imagine with guys, I mean you do get dick pics. And it's like, am I am I supposed to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Right? No, you don't have to do that. No, you don't have to do that. And I mean, just if anybody's listening out there, I don't know, dick pics just seem wrong. But- <laughs> So. <laughs> on so many levels but that's that's my gold star that's a separate separate podcast episode but you know so I had experience in online dating previously but of course when I had finally I, I saw a friend of mine who's an astrologer and she had said something in there about exploring my sexuality I'd also written about something in my first book about making out with a friend of mine questioning that because it felt really weird I was also drunk at the time But when I I finally had gotten enough, I think, signs from the universe, from my higher power, that it's like, okay, Tamar, you really got to look into this. And I just thought I lived at the time in a very religious community. And so guessing if somebody was or was not was going to be challenging. And I I really didn't want to be going out there and putting myself out and hitting on another woman and her going, oh, yeah, tomorrow I'm straight because what they call it a gaydar. I don't I don't think I have that. So, and I was still questioning, right? I didn't know. And so I had gone on Facebook. I had put myself first available to men and women. All I got was men. I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? Maybe I'm not good enough to be a lesbian. I don't know. And so, yeah, thank you. I know that now. But my friends had encouraged me, get out there. And at least this way you don't have to guess. So then I did some research about some apps that were specifically for LGBTQ. I'm just going to say plus all the other initials um and so I thought this is going to be easier and I remember my first experience going through and a lot of people say they're agnostic atheists they do not believe in God because of the church right and I think whether you've had an upbringing of that or not there is this perception that everybody who is Christian is against homosexuality and so as I was flipping through, I, I had talked to maybe two people. I had what, met one woman. We had met up, went out for coffee and just established right off the bat we were going to be friends. She was too busy. And that was cool because I actually, that was my first experience of being able to ask questions to somebody who also grew up very religious, but she considered herself an atheist and she was not going to go back. And of course, because of my recovery, I needed somebody that had some sort of faith or at least accepted the fact that I needed that. And so I remember swiping. I I remember actually a friend of mine coming over and she's like, oh, can I see the app? And she actually found a friend of hers that she had no idea whether or not that she had never shared her friend that she was looking for women. But 
I, she was looking through and she's like, what about this one? What about this one? And I remember very specifically not being attracted to women who looked more masculine, right? I wanted a woman that was more feminine. And so I, I found you mm-hmm. and I think you reached out to I me. I found we, you first. Yeah, you found me. I matched and then you reached out first. Yeah, I had really kind of stopped, what was it, like <clears throat> six months or so since I had dated somebody and I had really kind of stopped with the apps because um, so much of life just kind of felt overwhelming. Like I do have three kids with special needs. My life is a little bit of a lot. And I just generally think quite daunting to most people and had just kind of felt like I wasn't into, wasn't interested in getting into a relationship that was going to be a ton of work to be able to make it work because that's what the last one was like. And so I kind of stopped and then one night I was bored and so I went on and I saw this picture of this like hot surfer girl and I thought I'm like oh she seems kind of interesting and she didn't have any big red flags in her profile and she didn't want me to be her unicorn or join her thruple or anything like that because that was that's not where I'm at. And so I swiped right. And then I think it was that night or the next day I got the message that somebody had responded to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was this one right here. And you reached out to me first. Yeah. I remember you sent me a message. I was very excited because mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, there's a message and for me. And I was me. like, oh, we're a match. Because like, what else do you say? I know. Yeah. It's I'm like, hey, hot stuff. No, no, that wasn't going to happen yet. Yeah. <laughs> yet. And then I think you gave me your phone number. Yeah, because, oh my gosh, that is one thing on the apps. Well, I also didn't pay for a subscription, mm-hmm. but it's one thing on the apps that I find that, like, when you're talking to somebody, you don't always get the responses right away yeah. when they've responded. So I'm like, just text me. Yeah, exactly. So I appreciate how forward and direct you were mm. in the beginning. And I messaged you, and I think we messaged pretty much every day. And finally, I think on Tuesday it was, I was like, hey, you want to talk on the phone? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think that we have actually not had a day since that first day of, of saying, hey, we're a match, that we have not communicated. Yeah, no, I don't think we had. And so Wednesday, we talked on the phone for the first time, and I think yeah. we talked for a couple hours. Yeah. And then on Thursday, we, because at that time, you were actually going camping on the Monday, and yeah. I was heading to California for three weeks yeah. on the Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. So I had said, okay, so basically what you're saying, is, and not really knowing Tamar and how, like, shy she was about the relationship, I kind of jumped in and said, I'm like, well, so what you're saying is basically we have three days, we have to meet by Sunday, or we're not going to see each other meet in person for another three weeks. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. So. Yeah. We arranged it originally for the Sunday to meet, and then plans changed, mm-hmm. and we were able to meet on Saturday. Yes. And this lady here is a total foodie, so she was like, I know where we should go. Yes, because I was thinking beef dip, yeah. french fries, mm. deep dish cookie, and so we had decided to meet up at a restaurant, and I just remember, because before that, I had talked to a friend of mine that she was also online dating, and so we shared a lot of our experiences, And because this was a whole new experience for me, I mean, it was Mm -hmm. fairly new for you, but 
I was like, and I was so out of the dating game. It's like, do you hug when you meet? Do you shake hands? Because that seems awkward. Like we were talking about that before. And she's like, well, I always go in for the hug with men, right? And so I just remember in the parking lot, we had text, you had pulled in and I was already kind of close by the door, but we had kind of just walked in the yeah. restaurant. Yeah. And that's where like, when it comes to face to face, I can become very shy. And I'm like, I want her to take the lead. So I walked up, saw her, and I'm like, hey. And then I'm just like, awkward, I'm going to walk in. And not be like, hug, hi, or whatever. Even though I really wanted to. Yeah, I could tell But then as we walked in, and you went to the table in front of me, I did check out your butt. Yeah, I know. I I did that on purpose. Yeah, I knew. (laughs) So we had a three-hour dinner. Mm -hmm. A very good conversation. Very good beef dip. Very good beef dip. Highly recommend. Several times since then. I think we should go tomorrow. Maybe we should. I think we've only been there once since then. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, so tomorrow it is. Yeah, but anyway, coming back to the story. (laughs) We, of course, because we had original plans to get together on Sunday, I think I might have mentioned something about seeing Top Gun a few times, three times. Yeah. And wanted to know if maybe you wanted to go to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. So we were like, okay, let's let's do it. I had already, I knew I was going to have childcare, so... I was like, yeah, let's do this. We're going to see each other the next day. and then, But then we were done eating in the restaurant, mm-hmm. and we walked out, and it's that awkward moment of, well, what do you do? do you so we hug? kind of wandered to our cars. Oh, hey, this is my car. Oh, where's your car? <laughs> it was really awkward, like, who's going to make the first move? And I was being very shy and wanting her to because I didn't want to, like, push her to do something that she wasn't into yet. Mm-hmm. So we talked about her cars. Yeah, and then I think you said, give me a hug. Oh, I did say, because I have a Mother of Dragons thing on the back of my car, and I remember this, but except the ONS had been scraped off with snow, so I did kind of point out this funny moment of, I'm the Mother of Drag. Yes, that's true. And kind of laughed about that, and then it was like, awkward. It was, and then you said, give me a hug. Yeah, then I was like, okay, well, she's not going to kiss me right now, so. Yeah, no, and I had never, I mean, other than drunk, I had never kissed a woman Mm -hmm. and so I didn't even know at that point if I was going to enjoy it because it was kind of that I'm exploring this for the first time so then I remember going home and I I texted my friend right away and said we hugged we have plans to go to the movies she actually had a very similar date and they had plans to go to the movies we actually had planned to go to the same theater the same movie so she actually changed yeah I didn't know Yep, she changed ah. the movie that she was going to go to because we thought, no, it's too young, it's too early, too early to do anything like that. But I remember thinking about you, and so I think I had texted you, or you had texted me when we were driving home, using Siri yeah. support. Siri yes, support. yes, absolutely. No hands Safety on devices first. at yep. the time? Nope, nope. Yeah. And yeah. so... I think I had said something about having a really great time, and then the next day we were texting... And because I very much wanted to kiss her, but didn't want to be the first person and didn't want to make her do anything she wasn't comfortable with yet, I had said, just so you know, if you decide when we're watching the movie to hold my hand, that's okay. I will let you. Yeah. As a hint, hint, hint. I want you to make that first move. I'm okay. I'm ready to go. But if, but I'm getting balls in your court. Yeah, and I appreciate you doing that. But that being said, I remember through the movie, 
I kept thinking about it, but I was like, I just didn't like, I, it was almost like I was paralyzed. Right. Because there were people sitting right behind us so mm-hmm. they could see. And for me, we had had very good discussions within that time frame about like PDA and what that was like. And I needed to get comfortable, first of all, being with a woman, but let alone letting other people see it. And partway through the movie, you just finally reached over and grabbed Yeah, I was just like, what the crap? Like, seriously? <laughs> so I just took her hand because, yeah, I wanted to hold her hand. I was like sitting there the whole time also even thinking about... I think we were arguing over who was what it meant to be taking the first step because in the texting conversations you had also said okay well then you're going to be the first one to give the kiss yeah and so she had to grab my hand first and then I could kiss her and then during the movie she just wasn't taking my hand so I was like screw this I'm taking it and I will help her out with this and then through the movie if you've seen the movie there's not a lot of slow periods in the movie it's pretty full throttle and I was waiting for like this slow moment where I could just like lean over and give her a kiss on the cheek to kind of break that ice but that didn't happen so I was holding her hand pretty tightly through the whole rest of the movie and then the movie was over and we got up and left and walked outside and I think I feel like there was a little bit of pressure only because it wasn't like we could say okay, yeah, let's get together in a couple days again or whatever. We knew at that point that we were not going to see each other again for three weeks. Yeah. And so I also felt this, okay, well, I kind of epic fail with the holding hands. I didn't come through. So now it it put the pressure on Failure. me to have to kiss you. <laughs> and so well, yeah, or I have to make the first move. Well, then was in your court. <clears throat> exactly. And so we walked out of the car and we kind of talked. And I think you had asked me, do you want to go somewhere else? But it was past my bedtime almost. Right, 830, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. and 9 o'clock is when I turn into a pumpkin. And so I had said, you got to get up early, which was the truth. And as we were standing there, I just, I think we hugged each other. And you apologized for not taking my hand. That's right. See, so I own that. You did own it. You own that shit. Yeah, exactly. And I remember we hugged and I kind of pulled back a little bit. And then I think it was there that I did the very awkward three kiss. Well, I said when we were hugging in your ear, I said, I'm going to make you be the one yes. to kiss me. Yeah. And not not impressive at all. And that it was like very fast, three, very dry, very, we're done, we did it. Yes. Yeah. Okay then, all right, so have fun. <laughs> and we got in our cars. Yeah, so that was on my part, not my best moment, I think. She's so smooth. But I also have to say, I think I set the bar fairly low. It was pretty low. For when I, I came back yeah. and then like... Every, yeah. Like blow your... Oh, we're not there yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. But <laughs> I think that because I was so nervous, I and also because we were in public, like there were people around oh, us, not a lot. Like one or two on the other side of the massive parking lot. Exactly. But I was still very <laughs> mindful of that. Oh, totally. Right? So I think had we been alone, it would have been a little different. But I remember getting in my car thinking, oh, I should text her to come back to and, get in my car. And then I had just driven away and, of course, with the help of Siri texted saying something along the lines of oh I wish that we like we're still kissing yeah. or that I had followed you back to your car or something like that mm-hmm. and then we talked for the next like half hour texting about mm-hmm. how we wish that kiss was 
more. Yeah, so our first kiss was not epic, but we did talk about it, and I think that kind of led, that built up to the first moment we actually did, which was much better. But it was kind of like this, we almost, like you had planned to go camping, Mm -hmm. but you were going a completely different direction the next day. And you had considered, like, because I said, well, why don't you stop by on your way out, right? Yeah. And so anyway, that did not happen. If it didn't mean an extra hour of driving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that didn't happen. So then you went camping. We kept in touch while you were camping. I left that Wednesday, drove down to San Francisco, which was 14 hours. So in that period... I was visiting a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. I was very sociable. But I spent a lot of time in the car. Like, I think the longest stint was nine and a half hours. Mm-hmm. You and I got a really good opportunity, I feel now, to build a relationship of getting to know each other, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just physical infatuation in the beginning because, let's be real, the kiss, I, I blew that. And so if you were going to be attracted to me on But I still had hope because... Yes, you did. Yeah. And I understand first kisses can be awkward. Yeah. Yeah. But that wasn't my first kiss. No, but it was your first gold star lesbian kiss. That is true. (laughs) That is true. So I'm grateful that we had that three-week time span to really get to know each other. Oh, yeah. We talked a ton about everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then the coolest part was that I remember part time you had asked me, when are, when are you going to be at your friends where you're alone? Because I was actually house sitting and dog sitting towards the last half of my trip. And you set up an online date. I did. Oh, actually, even before that, before that, because when I had gone camping, mm-hmm. I ordered your book. Oh, that's right. I ordered your book. And then so when I got home from camping... It was there, and I read it in, like, two days, and I was like, oh, crap. This is, like, such an amazing person. And I didn't want to use the word love at that point because we had only been talking for, like, a couple of weeks at the most. But it was like, how can I not just love this person? Mm -hmm. And, of course, love changes, and it grows, and, and all of that with time and circumstance and everything but I was like oh my god how is this person who has been through all of this and championed and all the amazing things she's doing now how can this person be talking to me Mm -hmm. and I remember you saying that and thinking how could I not be like you're order her book this is like (laughs) okay so what what is it shameless plug yeah, Hope no, elevated. it's not called Hope Elevated. Amazon, get it? Because, like, seriously, you'll just fall in love with her, too. But she's mine, so... <laughs> but you can still love, love her. And we had... So, coming into this relationship, I mean, we pretty much... We had decided we're, to, we're seeing each other. Okay, but the date. The, I know, we'll talk okay, about the okay. date. But with in terms of the love, I was very... I was very, not resistant is not the right word, but I was trying to be cautious because first of all, I came from a very, this is your first time doing this. You need to be careful. I am a serial monogamist, right? And you had been in a long-term relationship. Yeah, I had, exactly. Now that had ended a long time before it had actually ended, but I was also trying to be cautious. So when we started talking about how you felt that you were falling for me and you know, that I was very cautious in the beginning. Yeah, and I was, like, feeling like I can't not be open to this, but, like, oh, my God, like, 
this is amazing and is this actually it and have I thought has have I had these feelings for somebody else before and that being like crushed and like just like is this real mm-hmm. is this actually I, I was in shock yeah yeah I was in shock and in the lesbian community, there is what's called U-hauling, which we're going to get into that in a separate episode, but it is very common for women to meet and move in right away together. And we had laughed because in the recovery community, there is also U-hauling, right? Yeah. Alcoholics very commonly meet up in recovery and think, oh, I've met my soulmate. They're sober. I'm sober. Let's move in and get married. And so I was very aware of this. Right. Yeah. We had joked around about it, but I had also, I had been in several long-term relationships. I had been married once. I was engaged before my last relationship ended, but I can honestly say now that I have never felt that in like, this is the one. Even when I was married or met my ex-husband, I never, ever felt that this is the one. So I could never understand when people would say, I've met the one. Like you just went. Yeah. When, and I... I would be the same. I didn't didn't really think that you could. Yeah. And but then when I was like reading over this lady's book and then her profile of what she's doing now and like even like her her knowledge with like neurochange like that is incredible when it comes to working with my teenagers because mm-hmm. that is a major shifting mindset mm-hmm. and all of that and she knows about it and is passionate about it and so. Like, there were so many things that I was like, oh my gosh, if this isn't the person, like, how much, how incredible is that person? Mm -hmm. And I was like, this, this, nobody can top this tomorrow. (laughs) Like, this is amazing. And she's so stunning. Yeah. And I had the feelings early on. I remember that thinking you're like a saint. And I tell people when, when people ask about you, I do tell them and they're like, oh my God, she's a saint. So, and I, at that point, I think had to really throw away the rules. I think the only part that I needed to be cautious was, is because I had never actually physically been with a woman. I did not want to completely fall for you, end up having a physical relationship and then me going, oh, I'm not comfortable with this. This is not, this is not for me because I didn't know at that point. Right. I you just, were only drunk when you had done even kissed a woman. Exactly. Right. And so, and I had never actually had sex with a woman before. And so I also wanted to be careful because you had children, right? Yeah. And I didn't want to go there and have to like end up messing that up. I own my shit at that point. But one of the cool things I noticed right away was just the awareness of being with a woman, and I do believe there are men out there that, that have these qualities too, but being with a woman, I mean, I always wanted, I'm, I was a, I didn't realize I was a romantic, but I needed that emotional connection. I needed that deep conversation, somebody who was considerate. Like I love, it's the little things in life, right? Mm -hmm. And so you had set up an online date for us. I did. So you want to tell us about that? Yeah. So I, well, I had asked her if she wanted to go on a, like on a date while she was in San Francisco and I was at Vancouver in Canada and Googled her area where she was and found a place to, I ordered Mexican, right? I think I ordered you Mexican. Mexican yeah. And to have delivered to where she was and flowers, flowers to have delivered and we went on Zoom and I had prepared some like cards of like Q&A kind of stuff to keep our conversation going and silly questions and some more serious ones. And yeah, it was so considerate. 
like I just remember calling a friend of mine and saying, you, you like you won't believe what Melody did, and, and they're like, wow, that is super considerate. <laughs> and this was new to me, and I think I had cautioned you, like bear with me. I'm not used to being with someone who communicates, someone who isn't always trying to fix something, right? Because my previous couple of relationships. It was very, hey, this is what's going on in my life. Oh, I'm going to try and fix it. And me just getting annoyed saying, I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to be there. So I think that is one of the really cool parts about being in a same-sex relationship is you do understand each other's needs. There's the, there's a higher potential. Yes. It can definitely be <clears throat> in opposite-sex relationships. That's just not super being our experience. Yeah. But that is... That's an option out there for you guys, too. <laughs> exactly. So we're not trying to exclude or say that same-sex relationships get each other, but there is more of a possibility of that happening. And I thought that was very cool. And so we got to know each other over those three weeks. I had planned to take the day off after I had gotten back. I had a babysitter, which is super rare. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got together and spent the whole day together. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And totally hit it off. I remember, so in those couple of weeks, a few weeks while you were in San Francisco, I continuously played in my mind what our next kiss was going to be like. And at the moment that I saw you, where you are, where you now have not been to her home before, but where she was going to be and me running from the car to come up to her and give her a big kiss and just what that was going to be like. And I played that in my mind so many times, Mm -hmm. so many times. Yeah. And And it was good. Yeah, it was really good. It was, it was good. Yeah. And I think at that point, like I was super, I couldn't think straight for two weeks. No, you were a mess. I was a mess. And Lane, my podcast host on the Now What Society, she's like, dude, like you got to get it together. We We, couldn't be in public. No, exactly. The first, the first, I would say three weeks, I don't think we planned an outside of my home date night. So yeah, it was, it was amazing. I knew at that point, like I'm, I'm pretty sure at that point I knew that you were the one I had said, I am falling for you. Yeah. I was very cautious with the love word in the beginning because still at that point, this was all new. I didn't want to like, say it, say it. Exactly. And I didn't want it to be like when I first took a sip of alcohol, I fell in love and that became my numbing solution, right? My solution for everything. So I didn't want this to be the same thing, that this was something new and exciting and it was going to fizzle out. So I was very cautious, but I also had people telling me like, why don't you date? Why don't you play the field? Exactly. And I'm not, I didn't want to do the dating thing again. Like I'm, I've been with people. I have experience. It's not like sex with a woman the first time. It's definitely different, but it's not like it's a, first ever and you're going to end up having a midlife crisis I am in midlife right and I mean I've done everything I want to do I think I don't think I'm going to have a midlife crisis I hope not no I I, I don't think I will I'm going with no yeah no I'm not going to have one I've done everything that I want to do I have the sports car so yeah I I think I'm good but I mean for two weeks like you're pretty much all I could think about and I was excited to get together same and luckily I was I don't work in the summer so luckily I didn't have to and I could just sit and stare at my phone and talk with you (laughs) the entire time my poor kids right (laughs) And let's talk about kids because that was something Uh I remember 
because it was difficult. We lived about 45 minutes, an hour, hour and 20 minutes if there was traffic apart. Mm -hmm. And you did come out a lot because I had my own place so we could be alone. Mm -hmm. But there was a time where you're like, I'm not always going to be able to have a sitter. Yeah. Right. So you had said you want to come out for the weekend. Maybe we can go to the beach or something like that. And I remember calling. Come out on the weekend. That's right. Not for the weekend. For the weekend. On the weekend. We decided we weren't going to do the overnights yet. But I had called my sponsor because she had two teenagers. And I'm like, what do you think? Like, she wants me to meet the kids. Do you think this is too soon? Now, as someone that has two teenagers that are typical teenagers, she's like, well, as a mother, I don't think I would do it that quickly. Mm -hmm. But... You had a very, very different reason for introducing me in the beginning. I did. And side note, if you hear stomping or if you hear doors slamming. Or dogs barking. Or dogs barking. It's the reality of our life and that's the youngest going up and down the stairs and outside to play and all of this. So I'm just going to put that out there. My theory behind meeting the girls. So my last relationship we dated for like five months and she met the girls fairly early and after that relationship I was because my kids are very loving very welcoming kids that I after that I was like I don't know if I want to introduce them to somebody right away again because I don't want them to get attached to somebody that I might not stay with now with Tamara it was kind of different because I was like oh my gosh she's incredible and there were were no red flags And I also felt like I was so into this, but if things didn't work between her and my kids, I wanted to know earlier than later. Mm -hmm. And because of what my kids bring to the table, there is a good chance that for anyone coming in that met them and kind of got to know them would be like, oh, and be scared away by some of the behavior and the complications and things like that. Even though they're amazing, they are amazing kids. Yeah. There are parts of it that can be very, very daunting. So I wanted to know that sooner than later Mm -hmm. before I became completely attached. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that my sponsor had said, right? It's that it's really up to her. It's her Mm -hmm. kids. And so I had shared like, and I actually told you like, I run everything by my sponsor. Yeah. Just so you know. And I had asked, did you talk to your sponsor? Yes, you did. And you're very good at that. I mean, if I start to get out of sorts, the first thing you say is, have you gone to a meeting? Yeah. Yeah. Then that weekend I came out, I think it was a Saturday, and I remember Jaylene came to the top of the stairs right away when I walked in and said, I'm cooking you bacon wrapped steak. Yeah. And we had a really good first day together. We totally did. And there was a point where we had gone upstairs and then come back down I came back down first, and Jaylene, one of the teenagers, had said, she's a keeper mom. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, she is. Yeah. And so for me, I actually, something I had, I I don't talk a lot about, but in the beginning of my previous relationship, which lasted almost eight years, I had told him I want to be with someone who's open-minded to having children. And he had said, yeah, yeah, no problem. I already have a teenager or I don't think his son was a teen at the time, but he had said, yeah, no problem. Well, a year later, I found out he actually lived in a situation where he wasn't even allowed women or children in the home. And so that was shocking. And that kind of, I didn't have children. Because of other people that lived there. Yeah. Yes. And I didn't have children in my, my marriage. He had decided he didn't want children very early on. Now, I also realized I didn't want to stop drinking for nine months at a time. But had I had children with my ex, 
that child probably would have been about six or seven at the time. There was a really big part of me that did want children. Of course, coming into this would be very different. I had just learned how to love myself a few years prior to that. I had learned to live on my own. I loved, I'm OCD cleanliness. When you live with children with ADHD, it's a very, anybody listening would be like, oh, hell yeah, hard to keep the house clean. But I did know that there was a big part of me that had this desire to have children. So I was very open-minded to that. Yeah. Yeah. And they love you. Yeah. And I love them. And so as this continued, I met your parents. Yeah. That I think was the weekend after they had come over to And it was kind up. of a fluke. We didn't plan it. No, we did not plan They that. didn't even know I was dating until I think that day. Yeah, I think you texted your dad and said, oh, by the way, my girlfriend's here. Yeah. And you heard nothing back. Yeah. Yeah. So they came over. I, of course, was very nervous because this was all different and strange for me. Yeah. It wasn't your typical parental meeting. But we, we talked. It Things went great. They ended up leaving. We thought it was good. I think they tested. The dog was they, even friendly towards you. And yeah. she's a demon. So She had tried to bite me since then, but we won't get but into that. But on that day, she was good. Yeah, she was good. Your mom was surprised. Like, oh, mm. Lucy didn't attack her. Yeah. Which is good. And sorry, Lucy, if you are listening to this, I mean, you're, you're you probably were a great dog at one point, but not so friendly anymore. Yeah. For the first three weeks of her life, I think. Yeah. She was good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there we go. But then the second time I met your parents, I think we were picking up the girls because your parents had said, well, can you come get them? Yeah. We saw them outside. So same, very friendly. Talked about your car. Yeah. Your dad came up right away. I love my little sporty car. And then your mom had said, hey, we're going to the PME, which is a exhibition right. thing. Yeah. Out here next weekend, we're going to see the Beach Boys. But why don't you and the girls and Melody come out? Yeah. And I found it interesting. Super dogs. Yeah. Yeah. She invited me. Which was so incredible. Yeah. And so I had said, yeah, I'll talk to Melody. We'll see. And then we, yeah, we went to Playland, P&E. Yeah, with the youngest. Yeah. With Linnea. And we spent pretty much the whole day there with my parents eating and watching Super Dogs. And there was some other show that we watched. Anyways, it was a great day. Yeah, it was. And they got to see already how much Linnea loved tomorrow. Yeah. And how good tomorrow was with Linnea. And how much I love beautiful. food. And food. Yeah. Food, it's, it's up there. Yeah. And so your parents had a good laugh about that. And then after that, we went to a church function that they were at. Yeah. And I remember we couldn't stay long, like, or they couldn't stay long because they were on their way out. But, you know, your mom had said it was too bad we didn't get to hang out. And I said, well, hey, I'm in Chilliwack next weekend. Yeah. So, and she goes, oh, that'd be great. Maybe you can come over. And I remember your dad joking around about like, hey, we have food. Because this (laughs) has been a big thing, right? That we talk about how much we love food. And so, yeah, I was house-sitting by where your parents live. And they had texted you and said, hey, does she want to get together? And so we met up for dinner, just me. Yeah. Which was like such a beautiful gift from my parents Mm -hmm. because there had been a lot the year previous, there had been a lot of really hard conversations, a lot of hard stuff. And so for them to see them embracing you as a part of me, it's is beautiful. And you love your parents. I, I love mean, my parents. I could tell, I and I wanted to be with someone who was very close to their family because yeah. I wasn't used to having a super close family. Yeah. So I think this was big for this you. This was so important to me that they 
would love you. Yeah. So we met for dinner. It was a two-hour dinner. I remember you were probably sitting on the other end of your phone I was. wondering what's taking so long. Totally. And uh, we had a great conversation. Your dad's a coach, so we, we nerd out about coaching anytime we see each other now. And we had a good opportunity to talk about our faith and my background, my recovery, why I do what I do. And it was just a really cool meetup. And I remember after in the parking lot, we hugged each other and they said, let's do it again. And I really, it was from that moment on that I really, I mean, I, I, I think I just adored your parents when we went to the PE. Yeah. but it was really cool to get that one-on-one time with them and not be intimidated, like not yeah. feel like I'm being judged or I'm I, taking your daughter and I'm exactly sending her to hell. And... I felt <laughs> very welcome by your parents. Yeah. 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 And so... Yeah, after that, I mean, we've celebrated Thanksgiving. We just had Christmas, although awkward. Thank you again, COVID. I know. My parents had COVID over Christmas, so we couldn't do all the things that we really normally would do. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But yeah, it was, I think, the whole experience overall with the parents, considering your background, considering how they felt, it has flowed really smoothly. Now, Moving in, we talk about U-Hauling. I had gone through something which I'm not going to get into on this podcast, but my previous relationship went very sideways. Now, I'm one of those people now that when I need to make a decision, I pray about it, and the next day things either fall in place or they feel like there's resistance there. If they start to fall in place and there's no resistance, I usually know that that's my higher power, God, saying, yes, this is the right move. And So I had had to move around a lot within a two-month time span. I was house-sitting, I was staying here, I was at my home, but it was no longer really that safe for me to stay at home. And so I had been told, don't go into your city, it's better that you stay away if you can. And so that's what I did. And I remember you and I, I think I had been here for maybe two and a half, three weeks. I'd given my notice to my landlord, I had planned on moving in with my mother, And but because of the whole situation, you and I had talked about this and we had said, like, listen, we've been together now off and on for probably a month and a half since all of this happened and me staying over on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Um, Driving back and forth to Abbotsford. Exactly. So does it really make sense for me to being told I need to be out here another month and a half to basically in the new year move in with my mother? And I thought, no, like things are going really well. And so. I prayed about it. I talked to my sponsor and the plan was to kind of go back and forth two weeks, two weeks. But because it was recommended, I stay out here. We just decided to take the plunge. Yeah. And we didn't want to be you hauling. We didn't want to be like jumping into things. We didn't want her moving in to be because of other crappy things that were going on. But it also felt so very right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. nothing about it felt wrong and so we actually I think we took a picture in front of the U-Haul yeah. joking around about it but that was also something right like everything had shifted in my life so quickly but I think that faith that is what kept everything together that yeah. is what made everything feel very right is because I didn't just do it blindly I wasn't just because of infatuation or because of lust or whatever you want to call it I think that I it, everything just felt right. Yeah. Yeah. Still does. It does. Even more right. It does feel right. So, yeah, now it's been a few months already since then. 
I think as we move into the show, we'll be talking about what it's like to navigate living with kids that have ADHD coming from my own home where I was very in control of how clean my place was. Clean, and quiet, Clean serene, and quiet, not anymore. Utopia. Yep. So we're going to talk about the adjusting, Mm -hmm. um, different topics of what it's like to, because it is, it is very different being with a woman. It's very different being with women and children. Yeah. And children. And dogs. And dogs. Yep. So in future episodes, we're going to get into all that. Like we said, next week, you're going to hear Melody's story. The week after you're going to hear my story. And then all the exciting topics begin. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Do you have anything to add? I'm so glad we're doing this. Yeah, me too. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you for listening to the Finally Coming Out podcast where it's better late than never. Way better late than never. Yeah. If you are having troubles coming out, feel free to visit our website, www.finallycomingout.com. And write to us. Let us know. We can hop on a call. If you have any questions or you have any topics that you would like us to discuss as two women coming out later on in life, because we don't know everything. We don't. We are the whole initials. We're going to talk about this in an episode with labeling because we come from a di- very different time than Gen Z's come from. Where labeling and identity is very important. But, you know, we anything we say on the show, we don't mean to offend. It's because we just don't know. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And and we don't intend to in- offend. Yeah. I'm sure we will offend some people. And yeah, for probably. that we apologize. But we kind of also don't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We're, we're learning. So thank you for listening. Share this with your friends and write into us. Visit our website and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye.